is it a theme week? Are you are you choosing all plants that you love? It might help with our guesses. We're all no. annuals. That's... Well, yeah, is it all annuals? No, all I think... annuals all week. I think that might have actually been the only annual for the season. Okay, all right. You haven't done any ground covers this season until today. Until is today, it's, the day. Let me take a look. No, it's no. not. <laughs> so. All right, all right. What do you have for us today? Uh, today, I have a deciduous shrub that can be evergreen in warmer zones. Okay. It's three to eight foot tall, two to four foot wide. It's native to damp woodland soils along stream banks, pond peripheries, and swamps from Massachusetts to Florida and Louisiana. And its wetland indicator status is facultative wetland. I have an idea, but I didn't yeah. think it went that far north. Yeah. Well, um, and it's not – the one I'm thinking of is actually an obligate, so. Yeah, what was the height again? Three to eight foot tall. Okay, that's shorter than I the plant yeah. I'm thinking of. When, when I think – before we ask a question, just talk it out. Like when she said that could be evergreen in the right climate, yeah, the yeah. first two things I thought of were Itea virginica. Okay. But that's an obligate. Which I didn't think of. That's an obligate. Don't think it goes that far north. Mm. The other one being Morella pensilvanica. Um, which is also not one I thought of. Um, and what was the wetland indicator status? Facultative wetland, which <laughs> I think wetland. this is. Yeah. And that would go that far north. See, what I thought of was um, – now I'm forgetting the, the, <laughs> the name of it. Um, sweet, uh, yeah, Sweet Bay Magnolia. Is that what but that's going to get much taller. Yeah, yeah that's, that's going to get like 20, that's I was saying. 25 like, feet. It's shorter, so I was like, oh, is it something similar to that? Yeah, but three to eight foot. We already did a Morello. But we didn't do Pennsylvania, did we? Did we no, do we did the Serifera? We did, yeah, I think so. It was so. Serifera. It was Serifera? Yeah. She wouldn't do that to us. Well, let's ask some questions. Yeah, maybe she would. Maybe, <laughs> maybe she would. would. Maybe yeah. she would. Let's ask some questions. Um Describe the berry if this plant has one. And don't pull any of those fast things. <laughs> yeah. Where, oh, it's not technically a berry. <laughs> it's a droop. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's a so the seed or the fruit is an inconspicuous five-parted light brown capsule fruit. All right, not what I expected. Yeah. All right. You got to come up with something oh, better. Gosh. Um, um I guess, yeah, describe the, the flower. It is a fragrant, bell-shaped uh, white flower, normally about a third of an inch, in racemes four inches long uh, in May to June that often weigh down the branches. All right. I have a guess. I don't. I, 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 yeah, I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to say Lakothaway racemosa, which is dog hobble. Interesting. I think I've, it's dog hobble. Yeah. All right. I've, wait. Uh, is that axillaris? Um, I'm going to go with racemosa. Lakothaway racemosa. Yeah, I'm sure I probably want axillaris, but I'm going to say I'll, I'll do the. I'll do axillaris, axillaris yeah, I'll and do I'll do racemosa. Okay. You got it, Fran. Woo! I don't like how I pulled those out. Why, the last... why didn't you take the other one? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure axillaris is evergreen mm. all the time, and racemosa is deciduous in our climate. 
You're listening to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. Welcome back to A Native Plant Every Day. I am Fran. And I'm Tom. And I'm Christine. And today's plant is a newly named Eubotris racemosa, formerly Lakothaway racemosa, which is known as Swamp Dog Hobble. It's also called Sweet Bells Lakothaway and also Fetterbush. That was the name I was trying to think of that I couldn't think of. <laughs> um, it does get three to eight foot tall, two to four foot wide with a wetland indicator status of facultative wet. It's native to damp woodland soils along stream banks, pond, peripheries, and swamps from Massachusetts to Florida, west to Louisiana. It's a deciduous shrub that can be evergreen in warmer zones from the Ericaceae family, which is the Heath family. Ericaceae, that's also, I think, rhododendron. Uh, azalea, if I remember correctly, are all in the Ericaceae uh, family. Then blueberries. Blueberries, yeah. There you go. Um, it has alternate pointed oblong to elliptical glossy green leaves that can get up to two and a half inches long. And they have serrate margins and it's smooth, light brown bark. Larger stems may become finely scaly. So the fragrant bell-shaped white flowers, which are a third of an inch long, in racemes, which are four inches long, uh, in – what, what, what? What yeah. am I reading here? Yeah. In May, yeah. June. Okay. Yeah. In May, June, they're often way down <laughs> the branch. I guess this is how I said in racemes in, yeah, there should be like that a bloom be in there. Yeah. Yeah. There should be a bloom in there, Christian. Something like along those lines. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, inconspicuous five-parted light brown uh, capsule fruits uh, come after. The fall color is yellow, orange, and red. And it has beautiful winter interest with red buds and stems and a unique looking seed. So yeah, they, it's, it's pretty cool to say if you haven't seen it. Yeah. Oh, is it me? I was. I figured. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'll let you. Cook. Right. I'll let you take over. It's a little change. That's very strategic. Yeah. I'm wondering if you looked ahead. Um, they grow an average, medium to wet, well-drained soils in part shade. Uh, it pers- prefers a moist, cool, acidic soil. Can be grown in full sun, but must have good moisture, and it prefers shade to partial shade. Uh, does not tolerate drought or windy conditions, so it's got to be a little bit more of a protected protected area that you're going to keep moist. Um, and it does sucker to form colonies, so mm-hmm. if you get it established, it will it, it will take off a little bit. Yeah, there are no serious insect or disease problems. Root rot and leaf spot can develop. It has a fibrous root system. Uh, early to mid seral species that is intolerant of, to shade and grows best in full sunlight. Uh, the flowers attracted to the bees, butterflies, and other pollinators. And it can be considered deer resistant, although the ingestion of the leaves, flowers, and nectar this plant will can poison cattle. So keep that in mind if you have if you have uh, farm crops like, or uh, a farm uh, if, like farm animals like yes. like beef cattle like <laughs> yeah. uh, like Christiane. I guess here. we know if Christiane's yeah. putting it in her property. Yeah. Um, humans should generally avoid ingesting any plant that is toxic to animals. Pretty good rule of thumb. Like if you're killing your cattle, you may not want to test it. Test the waters. Uh, the genus name Eubotris comes from the Greek suffix eu, meaning good or beautiful, and the Greek botris, meaning cluster or bunch. So, good bunch, such as grapes, um, or a beautiful cluster. There you go. That's my new band name. Beautiful cluster. <laughs> Just got to call it Eubotris. <laughs> <laughs> it can be used in rock gardens, on slopes, bank stabilizer, border foundations, or underplanting for larger shrubs. It does not require much maintenance or pruning, and it's a good sub for burning bush because of its fall color or Japanese uh, andromeda for its flowers. You know, it's it it does have like a nice like woodland edge 
edge texture to it, the way it droops when it flowers. It, it is a very cool texture looking for a plant if you can add it. Um, you know, kind of like the same way like a, a mountain laurel would look um, in certain conditions. Uh, but it's 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 a plant that I don't see specked enough. And maybe, I've never actually seen it in the wild. I've seen it in nursery cultivation, but I've never seen it in the wild. So why did you pick it? So I grew up going to Ireland as a kid, and I just remember the mountainsides covered in heather. Um, and I was looking for a native plant similar in family. So I'm very cool. Good choice. Very good choice. How and about- it looks like Lily of the Valley too. So. Does and it's a great it, yeah. alternative. Very cool. All right. Good Good info. Let's see what other info you have for the lightning round. I'm clawing to stay, stay alive here. <laughs> so first up, I have true or false. It is common to find dog, ho- dog hobble among cypress and gum trees. True or false, dog hobble may be confused for Virginia sweet spire before flowers begin to bloom. True or false, it is a good thing dog hobbles are located in wetlands as they do not respond well to fire. True or false, dog hobble has no salinity tolerance. In true or false, dog hobbles are an important species in Pocosins. All right, I'm hiding. Yeah. I'm see you're hiding your yeah, answers I'm too. Answers. I, I don't. I don't want her. Unless guessing. I'm taking off my shoes to count on my toes, I'm not good at <laughs> figuring out who's going to win. All right, all right. Go ahead. What are what do you got for answers? First up is true. It is common to find dog hobble among cypress and gum trees. All right. Then we have true dog hobble may be confused for Virginia sweet spire before flowers begin to bloom. All right. Then it was false dog hobble actually regenerates quickly after fire. And then it was false. According to the USDA plant database, it does have low salinity tolerance. Oh, I wasn't aware of that. And then last. Wait, whoa, 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 Sorry, sorry. I forgot. Whoa. Tom, where are you at? I have two of four. I am two of four also. Yeah. Started off good, ended bad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I got two in, and then the third one, I was like, she wouldn't do this again, would she? <laughs> I was banking on that she would do it again. Yeah. All right. Well, what, what do I you think, have? I think clearly I did as well. Yeah. <laughs> Last was true, and a Pocosin is a wetland bog with sandy peat soil and woody shrubs throughout. So we're both three for five. Three for five, yeah. We, I yeah. think it's funny that we both guessed uh, all three. We can't use as we we guessed them all as false, but I mean it's true. And but, you asked why I picked it, so you've kind of. And we can't say, would you put it in your yard? Because with cattle, you're not putting it. Oh well, well you're, you're making you're, a very broad assumption. Well, actually, I do not you don't have live where there's cattle on at your my house. Point seven acre of land. That's true. All right, that's true. All right. Tom, do you want to use would she put it in her yard? I think we know the answer because we asked her. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yes, because it would make you think of your childhood in Ireland. Do we just go with tie? I think we just, yeah, we each get a point. We each get a point. All right. That doesn't really help me. (laughs) No, it doesn't help me at all. All right. Um, 
So we do know that you would put it in your yard? Absolutely. Tom, how about you? I still don't know what this looks like. I'm trying to look it up, but then I kept getting interrupted. And, uh, <laughs> and So give me, give me a minute. Fran, what are you putting in your yard in the meantime? Uh, you know what? I would, and um, solely because I do need more things that are a little little deer resistant. Oh, that's cool. I just yeah. don't know that I have a wet enough condition for it to survive. My property's pretty dry, so I I would put it in my yard, but I don't think it would survive. So yeah, that's my answer. How about you? Um, yeah, I kind of think I'm in the same boat. Sorry for the long pause, everyone. No, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I think I'm in the same boat. It's just my yard isn't wet enough to to include it, and it's cool, but it's, it's kind of cool. I like it. I don't know. All right. So there you have it. We'll do a quick recap just because I, I'd like to say this out loud. Christiane is in lead with 15. I am in second with 14. 14. Uh, Tom is in third with eight. And then the lightning round, Tom is killing me, 19 to 14. So And there's only five episodes left, so I would have to win all of them. There's only five. Oh, wait, six. There's, There's six. six left. Yeah. There's six left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there you, you go. How's that for math? Yeah. I have a slight chance. All right. So um, there you have it. Another great plant. If you're not familiar with it, familiarize yourself. Maybe even put it in your yard. It would be a good one. And we'll be back tomorrow. And until then, keep it native. Thank you for listening to A Native Plant Every Day with Tom and Fran. Hey everyone, this is Fran. And Tom. And we just wanted to give you a quick reminder to tune in every Friday to our other podcast, Native Plants Healthy Planet. Yeah, so on Native Plants Healthy Planet, we dive into all different kinds of subjects revolving around native plants and our ecology and having a healthy planet. We have guests from uh, from colleges, from other podcasts, from different nonprofits we work with, even authors. It's a really good time. We hope you join us over there. Make sure you tune in, and until then, keep it native. <laughs>